Welcome to the Pilgrims Digress, digressing this week on maybe the slowest of chapters, chapter 12. This is like the Leviticus of Pilgrim's Progress. You know, the numbers. People yeah, get into yeah, that just... Bible reading plan, they're going to read the whole thing in a year, you get yeah. in, you're like, I don't care how many white hairs are on your scab, or how many sons were begat by Jephiathith or something, mm-hmm. and they get, it, well, this is one, this is a bit of a, and I tried, I tried to peel back some layers. Mm-hmm. I, I said I thought that the app was kind of boring. You said you thought it wasn't. I like what you said. Yeah, I didn't think it was boring. I think the I think you know you get some you get some goosebumps in there with the promise of the martyrdom. Mm, yeah, um, yeah. Once you get talking out of the picture, it right, becomes yeah. an interesting story again. Yeah. Well, like most people, like talkative, they are boring. They're boring. Yeah. So yeah, they, it fits the character. Yeah, yeah. It's there. There's no real content there, you know. But I think that. Hearing your your recording skills, oh, that's top five things that have ever happened in my life. Oh, uh, you think that? The and I've been married. And I have two kids. <laughs> and I only lose one. So there's there's, there's the only marriage. one spot left. The marriage. Yeah. There's, there's your your son, your daughter. There's this. Yeah. And then there's a mystery item. Some yeah. Probably. Yet to happen. Yeah. <laughs> Yet to happen. And when that happens, you're gonna be like, "What is there left to live for?" It'll probably be you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I tell you what, I'm gonna. I, I want to thank my Patreon supporters because, mm-hmm. with their help, I was able to go bonkers, yeah. uh, accruing sounds for Vanity Fair for this episode and the next one, uh, and the next one actually after that's going to be in Vanity Fair, but mostly in a, a cell. Um, but uh, I'm, alert. yeah, right, yeah. There's some jail coming up, but. I, I think that uh, that that's going to be exciting, exciting. Um, you know, I mean, we have a trial, which you know, that's yeah. always. And he, he wrote that really well. Mm-hmm. The talkative thing, though, I think maybe it's it's the academic portion. You know, when you're you're watching a, a poorly written television show and there's mm-hmm. a lot of ex- exposition, sure, you're like people are like. Hello, the police. That's who you are. Like um, <laughs> this sort of stuff for the plot. Here, though, it's for. The theology. They're going to mm. talk until every bit of doctrine I wanted to suss out, and then we're going to we're going to go around three or four more times. Yeah. So I didn't go around. Th- I went around maybe twice with this stuff, and then I just said, "Good enough." Yeah. I was going to ask you: Is part of it that we know slash have been in circles with people exactly like this? <laughs> That's why it's exp- especially especially or bothersome. Have been to people like have this been, to some degree. Yes. yes <laughs> yeah. Cuts a little too close to home. Cl- so quick. yeah. Uh, you know, <laughs> part of it is, let's just, before we even get to these texts and stuff, acknowledge, mm-hmm. A, this whole story, the way that it was written by Bunyan, uh, is 80% just people talking as they walk along a road. So that's yeah. not what's wrong here. Yeah. Much of the Gospels hmm. are Jesus walking with his disciples, them following, literally following him, and them talking, and him teaching and them learning. Um, the Old Testament commands us. Teach these things to your children. Talk about them when you get up, when you go down to bed, when you walk. So it's not that talkativeness is bad. If you're not being in some way talkative to some degree, you're not fully obeying the commands of Scripture. Yep. So that's not going to be the issue. And as soon as talkative leaves, they go right back to talking. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Yes. <laughs> so, yeah. But they're talking about things they're going to do. 
and they're hard things they're going to do, and then they do them. Hmm. So you know, we're not we're not suggesting that listening to podcasts, <laughs> or obviously they'd be hypocritical, or you know, being in a chat room, or you know, belonging to Facebook groups or Reddit subthreads or whatever, where you're talking about these things with people is inherently the sin of talkative. It has to be unhitched from action. And it has to, and it has to be like the end itself, not the means to the end. Navel-gazing. Yeah, yeah, navel-gazing. Just, just navel-gazing. Just like everybody being very pleased with the talking itself as the thing. You know, and, and I don't think even that, like, there's a place for that. You know, there, there have been a lot of uh, great theologians who have said, you know, their idea of heaven is, you know, the cigar smoke or pipe smoke wafting around the, the dorm room at Princeton or wherever and just brothers talking theology and, and getting to know God and learn mm. about God more. Or uh, you, you brought all those copies of Table Talk. Table Talk, yep. Named after... Martin Luther's Table Talk. Yeah, w- yeah. which is just full of his talking at the table. It's kind of mm-hmm. a derivative, right? It's on the <laughs> nose. But is there something inherently wrong with that, that they sat around? I mean, is there anything better and sitting yeah. and talking about God, I don't think there is, as far as, you know, just feeling good for the soul and recharging you, as long as it's not this theoretical, disconnected thing. Well, last Sunday at Men's Group, um, we're studying through First Peter, and leading into the end of First Peter 4, you're starting to get complex, big ideas about God. And Peter does this, and Paul does this, where it suddenly just leads into doxology. Just out of nowhere, yeah. it leads into just, 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 just weighty, beautiful sentence, spontaneous it comes bursting worship. Out. Yeah, um, and I think that if if that's where our talks lead, if that's where our talks leads, and not only inside of songs and hymns and spiritual songs, but also into um, doing theology. <laughs> it's it, your favorite term. If it actually leads into life change, and you know, it pours out into now that I have these complex ideas about God in my head, I need to share them with other people. I need to see people saved. I need to, you know, you know, you know, serve the widow and the orphan. I need to do something. It it should lead to action. It shouldn't just be talkative, who seemingly is just prowling, waiting for people to talk to. Interestingly, though, our main, like, job hmm. is to proclaim... News, which sure. is talking, yes, and then it's that's a, adorned with mm. action. I wonder if these guys had been—I I don't wonder. I know had these guys not been fellow pilgrims on the narrow road, talkative would have not forced the subject onto things holy. That's just what he talks about with people who are already on the same page. Yeah. He would have talked about whatever they wanted to talk about yeah. and not push the issue. And you know, people will often point to well, the the uh, Great Commission says make disciples. And there's way more to making disciples than just making converts and preaching the gospel. And then I'm saying, yeah, sure. Mm. But go to Luke, where the the main job is just laid out as proclaiming repentance and forgiveness of sins in Jesus' name to the ends of the earth. And talk is sanctified. And in the right context, it is sacramental. Mm. But if it's all alone, the scriptures, I mean, as we will see as we go through, I don't know what, roughly 16,000 scriptures and footnotes here. <laughs> it, it It's like... All, all sins are taking some some great gift from God and twisting them. Right. And when we take this great gift that is our ability to proclaim truth and talk about truth and just turn it into a pastime akin to playing Halo or watching golf or something because it's just something to kind of pass 
away be, the hours. You can be flippant about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You become flippant about it. It becomes. It, it, it's just like my son and your son undoubtedly could tell us every, and maybe you, because our generational gap is uh, going to shine quite here. Quite great. It's not quite great. <laughs> uh, but uh, they could definitely, and maybe you could, tell me every uh, mutation or evolution, rather, and every like move of every Pokemon there is, right? Knowing these things inside and out exhaustively, hmm. because it's a fun little discipline for someone who's just learning kind of how to really master a discipline. And it can be a fun game for for an adult, for, for recreation. But when we do that with the gospel, the scriptures, they just become kind of a fun trivia game and a fun, like, I can beat you at the theological discussion or the debate. Yeah. That is so common right now. Yeah. Well, it is meant to move you. And just reading talkative, especially as he as he's corrected, you know, I feel like when Apollos was corrected, it was probably joyfully. Oh, oh for sure. Thank you. I now was missing I a big go, chunk. Well, yeah. I was missing a chunk, and now I can fix that. Um, I think that's a bit of what the calling to you know be able to teach for the elder also is. Mm, yeah. You know, you know, is also being able to be taught, be corrected, and that's yeah. what would separate false teaching, which can be temporary and then fixed, from a false teacher who refuses to you know you know receive any kind of correction. So, so when talkative receives chastisement, even or, a little pushback, know, yeah, immediately. Oh well, you know, I'm the victim. Right. I'm the victim here. I see that you're peevish and melancholy, right. and uh, yeah, I'm not gonna, yeah. I'm not gonna yeah. play this game with you. Yeah. So that means the core of the talk isn't about knowing God, right? It isn't about it isn't about knowing Christ or knowing Himself or exalting a Savior or any kind or preaching a gospel. It's about making Himself look good. Yeah, he speaks correctly about a lot of mm-hmm. things, and he speaks a lot in general terms about man, but never about himself as a man. Yes, um, it, it reminds me a bit of uh, in the in the '90s when I was in college. Uh, there was an awful lot of "Save Tibet" bumper stickers, or "Save the Whales" bumper stickers, okay. or that sort of thing. Like a lot of a lot of uh, saving st- things, saving things. And it made you look like a big sweetheart, you know, if you if you had to save Tibet, the girls would be like, oh, yeah, or, or I, I love whales, too. And then somehow you come off a big sweetie, and now you can uh, probably a, get her number. What a sweetheart. <laughs> but the fact of the matter is, putting that on your bumper doesn't do yeah. anything to save a whale. Right. Or save Tibet. Or, yeah. It was free Tibet, not save Tibet. Um I guess saving Tibet via freeing Tibet. But this is the same sort of thing people do theologically, right? You mm-hmm. have the right bumper sticker, maybe not so much that. You have the right... Uh, tattoos Shirt. now. Tattoos. <laughs> T-shirts. Yeah. Uh, maybe you have the right aesthetic along with that stuff that, that all kind of fits into this thing that you want to project, but it's all the outside of the dish. You know, it, it, there's there's more going into what do I say, saying the right things, whether it's with ink on my skin. And I mean, mm. yeah, over here, we, you and I both have like reformed yeah. theologically driven tattoos. So we're, you know, we're not, we're not putting ourselves outside of suspicion here. This is something yeah. I think we all have to worry about now. When I was in junior high, there's all the WWJD bracelets that you had to have. Like, mm. If you only had four colors, you were suspect. You know, I, <laughs> when I was in high school, I remember I heard someone say to someone else, if I had a Christian t-shirt for every time you made that face, I'd be Zach Bartles. And, wow. <laughs> and uh, I was a point of reference. I, I wore so many that. Christian t-shirts. I had so many. And I felt very smug about it. Yeah. You know what, though? It was a jerk. So, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. that didn't... That didn't do the trick for the inside of the dish. And and talkative, 
Yeah, he won't even like pretend. Oh yeah, I know, I know. This is mm. this isn't just empty. Yeah, I, I agree. You have to have. No, he wants a spirituality that is at home on the ale bench, getting plastered, or gossiping and swearing with vain company, as it is in the pew, and that's okay because it's about the conversation, man. It reminds me a bit of the Emergent Church, rest in peace, where the conversation, <laughs> capital C, right. may it be forever praised, was the highest good, mm. was the greatest thing. And as long as, you know, we brought some couches in and we didn't have a guy lecturing up front, but we were all in a circle and we were kind of just talking about our truth. Just asking questions. That phrase, by the way, your truth, mm. it, when people try to tell me postmodernism's dead, I'm right. like, no, no, it's not. Yeah. The world's very concerned that we're not a post-truth society when it comes to, like, claims of who said what, and we can play it back and prove it. But when it comes to spiritual truth, no, you have your truth, I have my truth, and we can all just talk about it. Mm. And, you know, I, we can go around and around and around. It doesn't really matter if it bears any fruit. Uh, let's get into these texts. We're going to skip some. There are so very many... Uh, there are so very many verses given in these footnotes... Go on CCEL and just uh, CCEL.org, which is the Christian Classics Ethereal Library, should already be part of your life. And just look up Pilgrim's Progress, and there will be footnotes aplenty, and you can click right on the footnote. It'll bring you to a Bible translation. So, you know, you can, you can find all this stuff yourself very easily. But a lot of what's said here is direct quotes from the Bible. So for us to go through and read them all would just be basically like... Uh, a even more boring repeat of the chapter. Mm. So we're going to talk about the ones that that we think have some deeper significance uh, and, and we might be able to shine a little more light on. We're going to go ahead and skip some of the passages that have to do with the initial chatter between faithful and Christian mm. because we already dealt with most of those. Uh, as, as faithful was describing what happened to him, we actually kind of narrated that. We dealt with almost all of that already. We're going to get right to talkative, joining the, the mix there. Uh, and right away, mm. Faithful is pleased to have another companion. Oh, he loves it. Yeah. Christian is not so happy. Mm. I think part of it may be that Christian's more like me and uh, just wanted to catch up with his friend and is, is a, more of an introvert, maybe, and I Faithful's see. a little bit more of the fun-loving party guy. Well, Faithful also doesn't immediately recognize him. Right, yeah. You know, yeah so you know, he doesn't know the backstory. He doesn't know that everyone yeah. already knows this guy's a stain among Christians. Mm. There's, some, there's some mean stuff in this. Yeah. Honestly, I'm more with Faithful. Like, they're really mean mm. to him. That's why I, I switched it up to having it be Evangelist, who kind of dresses him down. I had him arrive just a little earlier, because then you can just assume, and I imply, there's this re existing relationship with them. Mm. And Evangelist has tried and tried and tried the gentle approach, and just knows it's not going to work. And that's why he basically just sends him packing. Otherwise, we just have basically people saying, unless you are up to our theological snuff, you know... And, and as good of Christians as we are, you can't walk along the road with us. Right. And that's a reality. So it's okay if that's in this story, but it's not something we should emulate, right? Mm. You're deciding whether or not you want to paint with such a broad brush, Christian and faithful. Uh, yeah, I don't know if it's that mean because, because the things that he gets wrong are really telling. And I think that Christian's, Christian's concept of a little bit of leaven, leavening the whole loaf is true. Unchallenged, if faithful, I mean, I guess in the story it is faithful, right? Who who ends up kind of sussing out the theology. What they do is Christian and faithful go aside. Yeah. Christian says, you don't know this guy. He's, you know, the son of 
say well of Prating Row. Everyone knows who he is. He's ugly uh, at home and handsome far from home. Right. And uh, he, he lays it all out. And Faithful's like, oh, now I also don't want anything to do mm. with him. How do we get rid of him? And Christian says, well, just bring up a topic like this and, and, and essentially what, what we have in the, the episode. And then they go. And so the, the goal of it is not we're trying to correct you and you won't take it. It's we know this will push you away. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. To me, that's a little heavy handed. If Jesus had been like that with everybody again, I mean, granted, there were people that Jesus just sent away. Yeah. And him knowing the hearts of men knew right. exactly what he was going to say, especially to the Pharisees, right? to get them to plot to kill him time after time after time. But Faithful doesn't know the hearts of men. That's uh, true. Nor does Christian. So, like, I don't know, the idea that, that they go right to, let's let's ditch this guy. I once read a one-star review of, uh, it was some, some guy, like, reading his way through all the classics of Western literature. So he's definitely not a Christian. And he, he uh, said, this is just people, I'll, I'll use the word jerks. I think I mentioned this even before because it, it really stuck with me as I was coming to this, this passage of it. It's just these, these guys being jerks to everyone along the way. And there, there are a couple of times when you read it and say, the patience and gentleness and meekness of Jesus would probably have us be a little, though, I mean, there are passages like John saying, you know, have nothing to do with certain people. Don't even greet them in the streets. Mm-hmm. Uh, if, if people claim to represent Christ and yet go on in particular sins, uh, have you know, don't go in their house. Don't have them in your. Don't greet them. Don't share a table with them. So Paul handing people over to Satan. Yeah, you know, it requires discernment. And yeah, I guess absolutely. I'm over here, backseat drivering, the discernment of two fictional characters. 500 years after the fact. But who so, are also correct. You have the benefit of knowing whether or not yeah, they yeah. were right so in they what are they were right doing. About they are right about yeah. talkative is the thing. Yeah, so I guess I have to assume that because they wound up being right, probably they knew what they were doing. But Let's I, go with that. Okay. <laughs> Agreed. All right. We'll just have to agree to agree. There. Yeah. Listen to us talking about talkative as we talk, as talk, we just talk, 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 talk away. Yeah. <laughs> now, uh, the first passage here is going to be Second uh, Timothy two fourteen, and this is when Talkative himself says, uh, "Certainly, it is more enjoyable to talk with you or others of things that are good. I'm so glad that I have met with those who are inclined towards such a good activity. For to tell the truth." There are few to be found who care to spend their traveling time in this way. Rather, they eagerly choose to discuss things that are quite unprofitable, and this matter has often troubled me. And the text is 2 Timothy 2.14. Remind them of these things and charge them before God not to quarrel about words which does no good, but only ruins the hearers. And this is the first of a few times where what Talkative says is borne out by the scripture, where the, the footnote is not like, uh, showing where talkative was in the wrong, yeah, but just what he was referencing in the Bible because he knows his Bible. Yeah, well, it, it reminds me a lot of James talking about well, demons know mm, and confess. Right. confess. Yeah, they believe there's one correct God. theology, and they even fact, respond a bit. They they shudder, they, mm-hmm. they they shake. Their theology is probably great, fantastic, almost perfect. So his ability to know this stuff isn't necessarily surprising. Yeah, you know, yeah. Plenty it, of church heretics, even like going back into history, knew Bible well. Knew how to support things from Scripture. Knew how to um, Satan when he's tempting Jesus certainly is able to pull scriptural references out. Oh, this is true. He this will happen. Twist it, this will, uh, but yeah, sure. yeah. yeah. Uh, talkative doesn't even seem to twist the scriptures though. That as I remember it, I mean, maybe there's a time or two, but he seems to say the right things, 
The, the issue is just that all he does is, is say the right things. Here, the, the idea that people are spending their time not talking about profitable things is probably a good critique of even our world today. Like, for example, at the Palace Beautiful, they only talk about, uh, at, at dinner, the king of this land, what he did, how he did it, how he saved everybody, how he defeated their, their enemies. That was the topic of discussion. When Christians get together today, I don't feel like that happens automatically or that often. In fact, to throw us under the bus, um, <laughs> even when we get together for Bible study sometimes, yeah. we'll get so distracted by things that are of no significance, a television show mm-hmm. or a funny thing that we're reminded of, and, the te- and we'll go off on a long tangent about that, and then we'll wind up talking about something else, and we'll have to go, oh, 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 yeah, get back to the text. And so talkative, I think, is is right in saying all these people walking down this road toward this city to reunite with this king, I'm confused that they're talking about things that aren't this city and this king. Hmm. Good for him, I guess, yeah. 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 Of course, with every step he takes on that road, (laughs) in the allegory, he's making progress. So, Hmm. again, we have to just suspend disbelief and say it's possible to walk down the road and your progress physically does not equate to sanctification progress. Well, the people that came up wall with Hill Difficulty certainly yeah. walked along the road a bit. Yeah, there, there, so there's a lot of that in the, in the text here. And, and, and people just, yeah, walking the road, not in the sense of making spiritual progress, but in the sense of being seen going in the right direction. Hmm. And, and, and maybe they're just doing it for the wrong reason. Next, let's look at where, where Talkative says uh, he's, he's lamenting how so few people understand the need for faith, the necessity of a work of grace, and how as a result, people ignorantly live according to the works of the law, by which means no man can enter the kingdom of heaven. Uh, that's First Timothy. I'm right there myself because I was just in Second Timothy 3, 5 to 7, and that could be a whole lot of other texts. Hmm. He's really, hasn't he, hit the heart of the gospel? Hmm. Right? Yep. I mean, he, he understands. Yes. Even where the church for centuries struggled to get their minds around this Mm -hmm. and things became very works-based and superstitious and sacerdotal, he now sees, no, no, it's not stuff we're doing. This is a work of grace and says, I could give you a thousand references. Yeah. You know, I I, I can back this up. And they're like, no need, guy. Calm down. We're all on the same page here. (laughs) You want to debate, but we're not going to debate you on that. Second Timothy 3, 5, and 7. I wonder what 6 is, why we don't read 5 through 7. Does that ever, like, come up as a red flag in your mind? Sometimes. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm going yeah. to read 6. We'll see yeah. what it does to it. Uh, having the appearance of godliness but denying its power, avoid such people, for among them are those who creep into households and capture weak women, burdened with sins and led astray by various passions, always learning and never able to arrive at a knowledge of the truth. So people who are always learning, always seeking, never finding, never arriving, uh, and who have this appearance of knowledge but without any power, it says to avoid them. Hmm. Another text, I guess, that that speaks for Christian and faithful, um, not saying, yeah, let's all walk together, knowing maybe they would wind up being dragged away Hmm. rather than helping correct his course. Hmm. Yeah, so it, it's funny because Talkative himself is here lamenting something that he's doing. <laughs> so so there's, there's got to... He, he's not called hypocrisy. We've mm-hmm. already had that character. But by definition, if you're a hearer and talker only but not a doer, you must be a hypocrite. Right. Because you're presenting yourself as someone for whom this is the highest truth, but it isn't even really touching your life on the day-to-day. 
I love the next footnote. <laughs> Talkative says, For a man can receive nothing except it be given to him from heaven. All is of grace, not of works. And this is where he says, I could quote to you a hundred scriptures to confirm this. And the footnote says, Oh, brave, talkative. <laughs> and then given his, uh, his text is uh, two of the hundred, I guess. Ephesians 2, 8, and 9, which obviously most people know. You are saved by grace through faith, not of works, lest any man should boast. Uh, I think I skipped a few words there, but that's mm. the gist of it. Uh, and John three twenty seven, which you have there. Jesus answered, a person cannot receive even one thing unless it is given to him from heaven. Wow, that's so, yeah, that, he's quoting Jesus. Mm. You can't go wrong there. Oh, wait, yes, you yeah, can. can. If you're, mis- if you're misquoting can. him or you're quoting him out of context, a lot of cults are based on quotes from Jesus. Absolutely. Just misapplied. Uh, then Ephesians 2, 8, and 9, this is not the translation that I, I had memorized as a, as a ute, but here it is. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. He is acknowledging that truth, Ephesians 2, 8, and 9, which is the heart of the Reformation. Hmm. But he is forgetting verse 10, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Hmm. So if we're even, like, what's interesting to me is, and this may be just a function of you and I being Calvinists and in, you know, kind of the conferences we've gone to, at least... And yeah, the ones we've gone to together and the ones I know you've gone to and I've gone to uh, solo. I always miss you, man. Solo. But, uh, you know, they're all rooted in, you know, undergirding of, yeah, we all believe in election, right? Mm. And we like to talk about election. We like to talk about God's sovereignty and how, you know, the counsel of God is beyond our understanding and before the foundation of the earth and everything. But if you don't get to verse 10... Hmm. How he prepared beforehand. This is also predestination. Yeah. He predestined us to walk in these good works. You're shilling a bogus, incomplete doctrine of predestination and God's sovereignty. Absolutely. He, he just wanted to save me for whatever, not for these good works into... So, so the prepositions involved, you're saved by grace. That's the the actual source of our salvation through faith. That's the instrumental means by which God chose to save us by his grace for good works, essentially. I mean, yeah. it's, it's right there in verse 10, for good works, which God prepared beforehand. So you're, you're missing the, the thrust of it, the telos mm. of it, if you stop short there and just chat about it, you know, instead of doing good. Well, and that's an interesting point when you... When you start to ask about when testing will come, you know, fiery trials and all these different stuff, uh, talkative is never going to make it into Vanity Fair. As a Christian who's going to be murdered, you know, just completely decimated for his faith, his faith is nothing. It yeah. wouldn't stand to any of that. He'd go, oh, let's talk about secular things now. I can talk my way out of this. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, you're stealing a little my thunder from the next episode, but, uh, but uh, I'm going to show you a little talkative in Vanity Fair because you're right. Uh, yeah, yeah. I think we all know as soon as he gets there, he's even said, I can talk about things things secular, things spiritual, things to come, things, and, and like anything. Anything. Anything, anything. anything. I'll talk about it. And, and he doesn't have the ability to stand on side of these predestined good works. Right, yeah. You know, especially that, that kind of one of the penultimate ones of being martyred for your faith. He doesn't have any legs to stand on, even though he could probably quote you all the scripture verses about, you know, hope, and he could give you everything there is about Stephen and stuff like that, and him being able to stare down his own death Mm -hmm. and pray for for the people killing him. He knows all that, and it's not going to affect his willingness to die for Christ at all. If martyrdom is penultimate, what's the final 
is, I don't... Really, wouldn't that be the, the ultimate good work you could do as a Christian? And even other traditions, other religions acknowledge mm. this. Like, if you die for your faith, even... And, and I, don't, I, I don't buy into some kind of, like, that is your ticket into heaven right. nonsense. But that is your ultimate witness to the point where the word martyr simply means a witness. And yeah. martyrdom means, you know, testimony, the ultimate testimony Probably, yeah, yeah. Probably, if we're gonna say the ultimate testimony, I was gonna say it's kind of it's 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 one of the most most final expressions of one's faith, just along the the, the you know the um uh, the person that keeps the faith all the way up until their death. Yeah, overcomes to the end. Never, in the oh, book yeah, right, of right, Revelation. Right. This yeah. is this is this you know also this blessed thing that even though you didn't you know you didn't you weren't stoned to death or burned or eaten by lions mm-hmm. or eaten by cannibals or you know whatever, um, you still kept on till the end. Still blessed, wonderful. I guess if we're talking about revelations, you don't get a special song, but I think it's one of the ultimate expressions, obviously, okay. yeah, yeah. of faith. Agreed. Uh, and the main point being, talkative has no ability to do that. He has no ability to die for Christ. Right. Yeah, because he hasn't sold everything to buy the field. Right. That he's got so many fields in the mix, he doesn't <laughs> even probably have a favorite one. Right. And, and it's, he's never even been to them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, you read about like uh, when bishoprics were for sale mm. in the Middle Ages. People would, you know, I, I'm, I'm bishop of nine places I've never laid foot in. You know, like it right. doesn't mean anything to me. Talkative would have fit in well in that system, mm. I think. And all this kind of makes me think of our, our boy David. Yeah. Uh, I was thinking about, uh, as you were talking just now, uh, it reminded me of a couple of years ago. We were We were just starting our men's group. Um, and it was before we were doing studies of books where we just read through them and, and, and applied and, and observed and, and tried to uh, study them faithfully in their context. And I would kind of lead a devotion kind of thing. And I, I did one on this sort of stuff, on, on being the hands and feet of Jesus, serving the widows and orphans, you know, at the least of these, and how important it is. Mm-hmm. And we all like kind of discussed it a little bit. And then I closed my Bible and David said, so are we going to do something? Yeah. And I remember thinking like, oh, mm. that is the, the next logical step. Yes. We've got four or five able-bodied men here. And there's no reason that we wouldn't take this opportunity. You know, it's, it's like when people say, I'll pray for you at church to someone in a sanctuary on a Sunday morning. Right. Instead of saying, hey, why don't I grab about five other believers and we all pray for you right this moment. Yeah. Because I probably won't pray for you. Mm-hmm. And if I do, it'll be perfunctory and, and you know, uh, just an afterthought at some mm-hmm. point. Why don't we just pray right now? Why don't we serve you right now? And if our talk is going to get in the way. And that's why I've liked how you and David have on several occasions said, instead of just meeting to discuss things tonight, this particular night, our, our men's group is going to go feed the homeless. We're going to go paint somebody's swing we're gonna you know whatever yeah these things uh and 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 be a witness to the gospel that we proclaim yeah and and without that i mean people know when religion is just only in the tongue Mm. they just know right Uh, and and the world has no time for that it's it's also interesting that like because i think that that response out of david and out of other believers here is that you kind of can't stand to do nothing Right, you shouldn't you know, be able to. You should it's a drive be able, nuts. Exactly. Yeah. Um, if you're really doing this Philippians eight thing, you're focusing on you know you know uh, or Philippians eight, Philippians four eight. 
It's only four. I was going to say, man. Only four chapters. You've got, like, the Gnostic version with, like, extra stuff. Yeah. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, uh, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. What you have learned and what you have received and what you have heard and seen in me, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. There's a natural ending point to focusing and meditating on these things, and that's doing something. And that should be just a natural expression that pours out of us in the same way that doxology is a natural expression for the apostles as they write or as they're dictating, where you get the sense that's also not where talkative cares to be. Hmm. He, he can stand just talking the rest of his life. Yeah. Just, just doing nothing. He's fine with that. You shouldn't be. You shouldn't be okay with that. You should want to serve. You should want to magnify Christ through your actions. I want to suggest there's a, a distinction to be had here mm-hmm. between idle talk okay. in the setting of, you know, uh, vain genealogy disputes and stuff. You know, like yeah. like um, the navel-gazing kind of how many angels dance on the head of a pin, yeah. speculative stuff, and true ministry gospel preaching, the kind of thing that Paul did from town to town, you know, yeah. in the hall of Tyrannus and in the synagogues, what Jesus did, what a, a missionary does if they go overseas right now. Mm-hmm. And yet, even that kind of thing, this anointed fulfillment of the Great Commission is never going to be alone. It's never going to just be like, God loves you, go, you know, be warm and well fed. It's mm. I don't know of a single missionary yeah. who doesn't also supply some food. Hmm. And some medical help and some right. some aid. I don't know of a, a single faithful pastor in this town, which is you know like like any midwestern town with a, a heavy automotive presence uh, it has its share of, of poverty and people struggling. I don't know of any good gospel preaching minister who doesn't also spend a good amount of time getting people gas cards and helping people move because they've been evicted and stuff like that. But I know an awful lot of ministers who do that. Mm. It's one of those things where it's not what saves you, but if it's not there, you have to say, wait a minute, if the seed really did find good soil, where is the fruit? It's the book of James. Yeah, it is the book of James. It's the book of James. Yeah. You know. And and Luther, Mm. author of Table Talk, called it an epistle of straw. Epistle of straw. Yet... Look at what Luther's life was like. Yeah. He did not say, okay, I'm out of the church. Uh, There's a movement named after me that is sweeping the land. I can just sit here and be a king and drink my German beer and Mm -hmm. do my table talking. Oh, no. Yeah. In fact, his whole thing was, now that I don't have to worry about salvation because it's not in my hands, it's in God's hands, Mm. it frees up so much time to love my neighbor. Yeah. And he emphasized vocation and loving your neighbor and all this stuff. And so with or without James... I mean, Jesus, if you love me, yeah. obey my commands, right? I mean, mm. it's, it's about a life that is changed. And we don't change it ourselves. It's not finny sinners bound to change their own hearts. That's <laughs> blasphemy through and yeah. through. Yeah, God changes the heart, and we, we just ask him more and more to change it and get me moving. And a lot of people's work isn't going to be, you know, I, I'm down there lugging stuff out of your basement or whatever. Right. People are old or not even kind of gifted in mm. that area. Yeah. Uh, and so what they're doing is helping someone make a budget. Sure. They, that's still work. Mm-hmm. That's still good work. Or they're sitting and listening to someone whose life is falling apart. That's still yeah. good work. The, it's doing something. It's your life connecting with someone else's life. Yeah, it, it's 
it's looking for a way to be able to be poured out. Uh, we see it in Christ, and then we look to emulate it. And we say, well, yeah, I'm not going to be poured out in the same way that Christ is, obviously. And I'm not going to be poured out in the same way that Paul is. But I can be poured out in something else. Time, money, you know, energy, uh, youthful muscles, the mind, you know. Any of these things can be of service. But it's just about getting past doing nothing. And, yeah. and I think that's the trap. I think it's the, the major trap is that, is that just knowing is enough. Yeah, and in a world where knowledge of the gospel is fading away, yeah, and we are definitely in what the scriptures call a famine of the word. Yeah, people know nothing. Yeah, about scripture, and so those who do know about it, are you know, it feels like you're elite, mm. right? I I understand doctrine, I understand the truth, uh, and there that's the difference between me and them. Right. And then especially when you look at the world, you know, the world, I think, uh, values right now doing. Um, although, mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of what goes on in the world right now is just, you know, I'm making a video on TikTok. Then just I'm watching nothing. a video on yeah. Instagram. But but like yeah. th- there's a great value put on giving aid to people and helping people and reaching out. And we celebrate people who do that. And then somebody would say, well, I understand doctrine and it's not in my hands. It's in God's hands. Faith, not works. And so de-emphasize works. No, no, no. Re-emphasize works in the right context. Reframe <laughs> works as the for, not the by or the through. Mm. Uh, if, to put it in Ephesians 2, 8, 9, and 10 language. I think this is not... I mean, t- talkative is just a very frustrating character to mm. encounter, but you don't have to be that annoying to fall into this. Yeah, that's You're true. not that annoying, and I don't think I'm that annoying, but I think both of us fallen into could it. fall into Absolutely. it and have. Yeah, for sure. Uh, when we went to uh, Together for the Gospel, we almost missed the flight on the way there because uh, uh, several things. Uh, yeah. I think we were both mostly on my shoulders. But uh, uh. And then you know, on the way back, we said we're going to get to the airport just like crazy early. Yeah. And we did. And we went to the little Starbucks that was, <laughs> what, 10 feet from our gate. Yeah. And we were there two hours early. Yeah. We got some coffees. We sat there and we just started discussing the doctrine that we'd been hearing about because we were blessed there. Yeah. By the likes of, oh, good grief, Sinclair Ferguson, yeah. Alistair Begg, yeah. uh, John Piper. It was awesome. And we almost missed the flight on the way home because yeah. we were talking. It was close. And, and I stop and think, was that profitable? I think it was. Mm. I think it was because... It was talking about how great God is and and finding our meaning in that. And it was, now what? Yeah, well, we definitely talked about lifestyle changes that we wanted to apply after we got home. I know, I know, I know for you, you said, well, you know what? Don't tell them about my stuff. Okay. No, go ahead. Yeah, well, you know, your thing was that you, you know, you spent a lot of time just listening to unprofitable stuff. Stuff that means nothing. Death metal. Yeah. No, right. no, like podcasts like that podcasts, were just candy. Yeah. Brain you candy. Go, you go, oh, that's that's an interesting thing to think about. But it's not this Philippians 4.8 kind of thing to think about. Right. Right? It's not this, it's not this ultimate profitable thing. It's not gonna it's not gonna prepare you to go forward into martyrdom or anything. It's just interesting stuff. Um and and not even interesting. How did this right. get made? Right. Like why is this dumb movie dumb? Yeah. Like that's not yeah. something I should spend hours a week filling my head with. Right, right. That's something that just tickles you. Yeah. Gives you a little haha's, little laughs. That'd be something that mm. maybe at the end of the hardest week when you can't even think about anything meaningful you'd put yeah. on for a minute, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So so yeah, so, so there was replace that, kind of that thing. with Bible, replace that with which teaching I have, series. Which right, I 100% exactly. Have. 
and and you're better for it. Have you, you know. noticed me being a better guy? <laughs> Your face shines. <laughs> I'm actually getting a little scared. <laughs> I'm gonna beat on you. Well, like you gotta, you're gonna beat on me. Well, you gotta cover it. You gotta cover it. Um, well, yeah, I should be doing that anyway, right? Yeah. Oh. What about you? you? I went into that conference just like dreading, dreading Bible reading. And what? Yeah, yeah. We dreading talked about Bible this. reading. We talked about this a bit before. I don't think you use those terms. Yeah, I mean, dreading maybe some hyperbole there, but just knowing that knowing that what I was doing was unprofitable, but it checked the box of daily Bible reading. Okay, so and, yeah, and you know, you know, prayer checked the box of daily prayer. It had become too routine. I'll go through the green sheet. Duty. And exactly. And it's that it's that John Piper's flower thing with oh, it's my duty. And that's the wrong thing to say to your wife. Well, right? tell the story because okay. no one was there when you told me the story. Okay. It's in a lot of his books. But um I have only read one of his books. Okay. That is We were gonna read that one together, Providence. We we'll are, still do it yeah, someday. Yeah. So, so you know the story goes, it's him and Noel's anniversary. And John buys flowers, and he goes to their front door, and he knocks on the front door, you know, and she she opens the front door, and here, happy anniversary, hands her the flowers. Pretty smooth. Pretty smooth move. Yeah, yeah. Well, to knock on the own door even, and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, Very, very well thought to through. To, like, recover, like, like, recapture yeah, the first date yeah, kind yeah, of we're vibe. courting. Yeah, yeah. Dude, Johnny. I still want to court you. Yeah. Um, and then he messed it all up? Yeah. And then, and then she said, oh, Johnny, you know, they're beautiful. Why'd you do it? And he said... Because it's my duty. <laughs> and that's when he gets, you're right, that's when you get into, and he says, now you got to stop, you got to rewind, and you got to realize, well, the point of the story is this is not how you should approach God. This is not how you approach the or things your of wife. God. Or your yeah. wife. <laughs> but yeah. Because, because you, know, you know, that's not honoring God. It's not honoring your wife. Saying that I'm just doing it out of some weight or sense that's on my back and not because I'm in so in love with you and I'm so infatuated with you and you know you know this is something that I pant after and I need and I want um, all the time. There are uh, times where yeah. you say I don't feel like reading the Bible but I'm commanded to and I'm going to do it. You should. Yeah. But that is a dangerous place to be. Like being angry is a dangerous place to be but Jesus did it and we're told be angry and sin not. But also don't let the sun set on it or being doubt doubt is not a sin right but if you camp out in doubt that is a dangerous thing and i think the same way if you are coming to this as you know a duty but talkative's not Mm. he is coming to this stuff as a joy just not finding the joy in longing after god's character rather it's kind of analyzing these obscure doctrines and Mm. chatting about and debating these these truths that are only truths insofar as I know how, I don't, but somebody knows how the Starship Enterprise operates or, yeah. you know, or how Voltron fits together, right? I think that it's you know. infracells are yeah. connected, then the dinotherms are up, and then something about thrusters. I don't remember. It's been a while. But, like, it's just that. It's, mm. you know, and so it becomes like, oh, it's not my duty. It is something I love. It tickles me. But it becomes like the podcast that I was listening to, right? Mm-hmm. How did this get made? Or, um, you know, some of them I think that, that I, I don't want to say this sacred secular divide. I listen to this American life. It's interesting. It's like, oh, I, this is this is good. This is fine use of my time if it doesn't take over, you know. But if I get into stuff that's just stupid, mm. it's just brain candy, I think talkative has turned sacred things into just that. Mm. You know, just another category of... Stuff I I I know how you know all the Marvel universe movies fit together, and I know how all these books of the Bible and doctrines fit together, hmm. and I'll talk about either. 
they're both interesting and fun. Hmm. They're both like a puzzle for me to solve. Oh. Right? Yeah. Is that kind of what... I can fall into that a little bit. Although, yeah. I feel like once you've really encountered that God, it feels almost blasphemous when the moment you realize that you're approaching things that way. You, you, you can't hang with it. Well, that's why I think I was so down pre-conference was because you have enough of the spirit in you to know that that is not appropriate and that the things that you're reading are marvelous and big and wonderful and weighty and they should move you and that leading into prayer time you should you should be feverent inside of prayer because of what you just read and it just wasn't it just it Mm. just wasn't it wasn't clicking for me i'd i'd you know me and your men of the word we do enjoy reading a lot of books and things like that i wasn't reading anything you know it's just Hmm. wasting time and I think that it took going someplace and scrap the messages even. I think just I think just singing, right? Oh my singing goodness! Singing with ten thousand yeah, men, yeah, yeah, ten thousand people, and that guy on the grand piano. The grand piano. We're singing hymns. We're, we're not singing, singing like yeah. junk. We're singing some hi- modern hymns and ancient yeah. hymns. Oh yeah. And then you Good leave the that. You leave that, and then you go, and then you have lunch, and you talk about stuff with your brothers, and then you go back, and it's the same thing. It's it's kind of a little taste of monastic life. Mm. You know, we, 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 you, go, you go, parts of that would have been really beautiful if even, you weren't starving. Even take that yeah. where you're like the the initial monastic movement. And we're way off track, but that's fine. Yeah. Because because these texts are so straightforward. <laughs> I don't think we need to like read them all and suss all of them out. Yeah. It's pretty obvious what's being taught here. This is the most on the nose Pilgrim's Progress gets. But like monastic life, it traces itself back to these desert fathers, these desert, these hermits. Mm. These guys who went and lived in a cave or went and lived on top of a pole or whatever and like were like, if I get away from everybody, yeah, I won't sin because there won't be any women to lust after or men to hate or whatever. Yeah. And then there was such a curiosity, people came out to them mm. and other people saying, I want to do this too. And they turn into these communities. And, and there's probably points during that history and that development where the practice itself of... I'm told to make disciples of all nations and I'm going to go live by myself in the desert is sinful yeah. to some degree uh, be- because it's in the world, not of it. I know that's not direct language in the Bible, but there it is. A- and yet it becomes, because I believe, it, you know, this is pre-Reformation stuff. There are Christians involved in this stuff. Yeah. The people who, are, who are, aren't going to be able to just do that. What happens is monasteries are formed and they're going out and feeding the poor and helping lepers and ministering to the forgotten and, and thrown away of this world, it, it won't sustain a true Christian to just chat or just think or just listen, to be a hearer only. Yeah. It will it will make you depressed. Mm. It, it will. It will you'll, you'll get... You talk about grieving the spirit. The yeah. spirit will grieve you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. it, uh, guy, get out of yeah. bed, figuratively or literally speaking. Yeah. Um, and, and there's... You're my hands and feet. I have no plan B here. Plan A is Jesus right. watches these 11 men and however many, you know, half dozen women getting smaller and smaller and smaller as he ascends into heaven. He's yeah. looking at plan A. There literally is no plan B. Yep. And he felt no doubt. Mm. He knew the Spirit's going to come and anoint these people and they're going to go do stuff. They're going to sell yeah. their fields. They're going to go and silver and gold have I none but stand up and walk. They're going to preach the gospel. They're going to feed the widows. They're gonna do. They're gonna visit the the prisoners. They're doing it all, and I'm going to change the world through it. And then it comes down to us. And if we say, "Oh, cool, let's talk about this," yeah, and it ends there. Yeah. A, that's so boring. Yes. It's so boring. It's like if have you watched any of the previews for the new Lord of the Rings? Uh, 
spin-off show. Don't get me started. <laughs> what if don't get I, me. I, I don't I don't have any knowledge of it I'm or anything raged. either, but like what I know you'd think it probably shouldn't exist. I I, I have no opinion on it, but what if we watched the preview mm-hmm. and it was like this is actually the story of two guys who just sit there and talk about this stuff while it happens. You know, because it prefer cuts, that. It cuts back that. to, yeah. like, uh, Mary and Pippin in the mm-hmm. original movies that Peter Jackson made. I guess not the yeah. original, but the movies Peter Jackson made. And, and they're charming enough that mm. they can sit there and smoke their pipes and just chat. And you're like, okay, I can take a bit of this from time to time, a little comic yeah. relief. What if it was just that? Yeah. And you're like, off screen, there's battles, mm. right? There's There's... Stuff happening. A yeah. journey that's just beyond belief. There's all sorts of trolls. There's there's mines full of monsters. There's, but it's just these... Or with Pilgrim's Progress. Hmm. What if there was a version of it that was just just talkative? Yeah. No, thanks. I can barely <laughs> take one chapter of the guy. And yet, if we make that our Christian life, there's this huge story unfolding. Hmm. And we're just on the sidelines chatting about it. Hmm. Going to work, coming home, doing a little talking about it, and that's that. Hmm. And at work, we're not thinking, how am I living this story out as well? Hmm. And and in the pew, going, how am I being equipped? Not just how am I being uh, comforted, which hmm. is good. You should be... Uh, I, I'm a huge believer in confession and absolution in Protestant churches. And every sermon better have absolution. Even if you go third use of the law... And I preach the gospel, and then I say, how then shall we live? And I tell you, this is how you live, do these things. Um, now I've just probably saddled some people with, oh, I'm not that patient with my kids. Oh, I'm not that outgoing and outspoken about the gospel. And now now shame starts to come in. i got to come back again. Hmm. What do I have for a sinner like you and hit you with the gospel and absolve you again? Mm-hmm. All that's, yes, it's good. But if it's not equipping you to leave the church, and I, the church I went to in Grand Rapids had a big sign on the way out over the door that said, now entering the mission field. Mm. But I don't have that perspective. I'm not part of the big story. I'm just a boring character that sits there and watches things unfold and, and talks about it. Mm. Apart from whether or not it's, it's right or, or good, it's just not interesting. I don't yeah. know why anyone would be satisfied with that. I don't know why there have been times in my life when I've kind of been satisfied with that. Yeah. It doesn't lend itself well to like actual Bible reading at all. We've talked about time and time again, and even 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 doing some like basic like biblical theology, just taking meta narratives throughout the entirety of the Bible and walking away with it, going, "How great is this God? That thousands and thousands of years here's one string, yeah, based on one concept or idea, and you can see just without an ability for these people to really talk to each other sometimes, whole portions that the people have lost the law, right? They've lost the books." And then they come back to and dust them off, right? And go, oh, well, you know, this is actually how we're supposed to be living. Uh, and then picking up massive meta narratives that if it somebody else wrote it, they would have dropped. Yeah, you know, yeah. You know, you know, you watch a, disappeared. A, a television show or a soap opera or something, and yeah. plot lines fall away all the time, written by one staff who are still alive over three years. Yeah, yeah. not not mm-hmm. yeah, dozens of of men over thousands of years. Yeah, and yet, yeah, yeah. and, 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 and uh, yeah. How do you walk away not amazed, though? Yeah, yeah. and how do you, how do you walk, walk away, away not invigorated mm-hmm. to yeah. say, I can actually... Because here's the thing. You know what I love? I love the name. I mean, forget whether whatever controversies or stuff they had. I still think it's a val- valuable body. Acts 29. Because there's actually... I don't know if you know this, Alex. There's only 28 chapters in Acts. Oh, I did know. So, okay. Acts, <laughs> so Acts 29, yeah. uh, you know, for, for other people... Um, 
is the idea that this stuff is continuing. Like, that that scarlet thread through the Bible yeah. that then continues even after Jesus' death and resurrection, the impact of that into the book of Acts and in the epistles, that's not done. Mm. Like, we continue that impact, those ripples continue through us. And when you read the Bible, even reading, you know, I'm, I'm right now in um, Judges and Jeremiah, in the, in the machine, I'm doing the first half of the machine plan right now and the second half next time. I wanted to be able to focus a little more and do it a little slower. And uh, you read about some of these things in Judges where it's just a wicked people doing dumb things. And somehow, if I'm doing it prayerfully and reading it in the spirit, it, it, it's still inspiring. You walk away from it saying... Probably, Lord, don't don't let me be like that. Hmm. <laughs> don't let me be the tribe that says, oh, I can't push out the remainder of these people. So instead, I'll just wait till I get stronger and then turn them to forced labor. But they're still in my midst. But I'm in control, but I'm following their gods. Hmm. Like, that draws such a close connection to sanctification and life now. And, and it makes you say, okay, how do I walk away from this changed? Hmm. And how am I living more for Jesus than I was before I read it? Like, I, yeah. I, is that yes? What you're saying, right? It's like, yeah, we we can't approach Bible reading in the right way and still just have it be words, an old story, stuff that's happened. It's just history. It's just no, 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 no. This judges is history, but it's also hope, and it's also speaks to God's. Um, attributes, and you can see his faithfulness inside of a people that want to live their own ways. In the middle of that, right? Stop, read Ruth, come mm-hmm. back, and you see, okay, so like in the midst of all this chaos and this famine and all this, this terrible, awful stuff, really wretched, awful people, here is promised Messiah. Yeah, the, you know, the, the line continues. The line continues. Why would he do that? Why? Yeah. Because he is faithful, yep, and God is love, and yeah, and it, yeah. like Talkative says, it's all of God and not of, of mm-hmm. us. Yeah. But yeah, if that can be just like a f- interesting nugget of truth, and not something that lights a fire under you. I don't know. I think there might be some diminishing returns here in the cleverness of the footnote because uh, after the last one said, "Oh, brave Talkative!" exclamation yeah. point. This one says, "Oh, brave Talkative!" Like he's just doing the joke again. Um, <laughs> well, it was funny the first time, right? Yeah, it was funny the first time. I will talk of heavenly things or earthly things, of moral things or evangelical things or sacred things or secular things or past things or future things or foreign things or domestic things or essential things um, uh, or incidental things. I think it's funnier if it's uh, things essential things. I don't know. It sounds, mm. it sounds like a legal document. Like he's <laughs> said this many times before. He's reciting yeah. it. Provided that any such discussion is profitable. Mm-hmm. And he's going to go on and on about how things have to be profitable. But what is the profit if it doesn't change you know, the life and the heart. Oh, brave talkative. Uh, one reference is Matthew seven twenty one, which is not all who say to me, Lord, Lord, uh, will enter. Like many people will even say, I did things in your name. And yeah. yet Jesus will say, I, I know you not, especially those who just say, Lord, Lord. And then uh, the other is Second Peter 2.18. Uh, and he's speaking of false prophets and teachers, uh, waterless springs and mists, etc. And he says, For speaking loud boasts of folly, they entice by sensual passions of the flesh those who are barely escaping from those who live in error. All talk of false prophets and teachers is a reminder that someone knowing some Bible, some texts, uh, and uh, engaging on them is no guarantee. They, they may not know Jesus. And, and that is a repeated theme from the very beginning of Jesus' ministry. And probably the most common warning in all of the New Testament. 
be on guard against these who are, are going to slip in hmm. unnoticed, those who are going to drag, drag you aside. And Christian is running into these guys left and right. Talkative is far more subtle about it because he doesn't have any agenda seemingly, but to engage everyone in just empty talk, talk, right. talk, talk about heavy things, yeah, sacred things. Next here, we, we have uh, all who really know him call him talkative of Prating Row, and in spite of his eloquent manner of speaking, he remains a wretched fellow. Psalm fifty five twenty one. That reads, His speech was smooth as butter, yet war was in his heart. His words were softer than oil, yet they were drawn swords. Mm. So yeah, there's that disconnect, and that comes up also in, in this uh, idea that he's like a picture painted uh, that looks better from a distance. Yeah. And the closer you get, the uglier it is. Yeah. Uh, the text that he gives here is from Matthew 23. Uh, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you clean the outside of the cup and the plate, but inside they are full of greed and self-indulgence. You blind Pharisee, first clean the inside of the cup and plate, that the outside may be clean as well. This actually reminds me of uh, Clueless. Did you ever see Clueless? It was a 90s teen movie of course with not. Uh, Alicia Silverstone. I was barely alive. Well, yeah, I was barely alive. I wasn't even alive when uh, the classic uh, The Sting was made, I don't think, and but, yet I've seen it. But how alive were you when Clueless came? That's the question. I was in high school. Okay. Yeah. So pretty so alive. They, they call uh, particular women Monet's. Because far away they look good, but if you get closer, they're they're a, they're a big mess. And wow, because that they're, seems they're very catty, very girls. insulting. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was, yeah they're they're not nice. Um, but mean uh, girls. Sp- I don't know what mean girls is. I've never seen it. <laughs> I don't. You just said it. I don't know what either. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I think that all of this, uh, spiritually speaking, it's easy to to create something, and and then what you have to do, your job becomes, hmm. if I'm. One of these Monets, spiritually speaking, I can't let you get close enough to see what's really going on. I have to keep everyone at arm's length. Uh And then you wind up with a church where a lot of people are keeping each other at arm's length because the value there is to look as, you know, knowledgeable and sort of holy and and, and as possible. And so it'd be better off, I think, if we dropped the pretense, Hmm. uh, opened our hearts to each other and, and, and had a look. And, and yet I don't think talkative is about to do that. In fact, the moment someone tries to turn it to him, he says, oh, you're my catechizer? Well, he waves I his don't hand. think you're my right. catechizer. Yeah, yeah, you're yeah, not yeah, my yeah. judge. Get out of here. I, yeah. I do it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Beautifully said. <laughs> you better never say bye to me in, in, in any other way. I'm going to do Yeah. yeah that's all I want. Yeah, that's, that's it. That's our way. That's That'll our be the thing, fifth though. moment. That'll be the fifth moment <laughs> in my life. <laughs> Christian then pulls Faithful aside, as we mentioned, and he's like, you're being deceived. Don't you're, you know who this is? You're being, yeah. Remember this proverb, they say and do not, but the kingdom of God is not in word, but in power. 1 Corinthians 4.20. For the kingdom of God does not consist in talk, but in power. Mm. I think there it is right there. Yeah. It, it, it has to include talk, a lot of talk, because that's sure. how humans communicate, and that's how teaching happens, and, and that's how the the handing down and the contending and all these things happen. But it, it, the heart of it, the root of it is power, the mm. spirit. It's what Christ has accomplished. And if it's not powerful, again, I mean, we're, we're going to wind up really feeling like a bad sermon here. A bad sermon is one that goes around in circles and says yeah. the same thing again and again. And I think we're probably going to cut off this this before we get near the end of all these texts because they're kind of going to say the same thing. Yeah. Uh, and, and the Bible is full of these. I, I have been not great at putting in the show description all of the uh, references. I'll make mm. sure to do it this time. 
uh, so that if you want to go and read all of these, uh, and and if you're wondering, is this really a biblical value? It is. Yeah. Absolutely. I really like this phrase. His home is as empty of true religion as is the white of an egg void of flavor. flavor. I didn't. I didn't. Mm. I don't think I worked that in because I had to skip some talkative uh, to. <laughs> to Abridge it a bit, but that's a great picture. And Job 6 6. Can that which is tasteless be eaten without salt, or is there any taste in the juice of the mallow? So, yes, yeah, salt. Ooh, that, that is a wonderful connection yeah. back to the Sermon on the Mount. Ooh, you are the light. salt of the earth, sure. you are the, the light of the world. And, and being salt, once the salt loses its saltiness, yeah. it's good for nothing, Jesus says, but to be thrown on the street and trampled underfoot. And if, yeah, if we're not actually out doing the salting, Mm. Um, we're not doing what God has called us to do and we're no use to the kingdom at all. Mm. And, and I don't think there's never value in debate or discussion about theology as long as people are looking for to, to sharpen one another. Yeah. We'll, we'll sharpen each other as, as iron sharpens iron. But if it's all happening in house, you know, all my time is spent just, I'm on there and we're, I'm like, I am definitely a super lapsarian and you're an infralapsarian. Let's go round 19 <laughs> on this. In, in our little uh, secret Facebook group that is invitation only, and it's just people who are within our sub-sub-sub-sub-sect of Christianity, what are you doing? I mean, mm. how, how are the lost benefiting in any way? Unless you're saying, well, I'm equipping someone to proclaim the gospel, and if they're not the right lapsarian, that gospel is not going to save them. Well, and, 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 and you know... Uh, recently, I've I've kind of I've kind of journeyed back on the internet, and I hated it. So I journeyed back off, back the, internet. off the internet. <laughs> but uh, I saw how some of these like not even not even like secondary or tertiary doctrines, um, but just things that are just way 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 out on the fringes of the only the only people who have ever known about this could fit on a small boat. The thousandary doctrines. Are right. There. Yeah. 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 You, know, you know, a, a very small life raft could save the amount of people that actually can define this. And, and, and then kind of seeing how this is blown out of causing, you know, saying that other people's entire ministries, which I know for a fact have saved large groups of people, are worthless now. Right, yeah. You know, yeah, yeah, because they don't line up. Because, it, you know, my onion doesn't meet their onion exactly perfectly, <laughs> right. you know, and because of that, there are now new fault lines. And you go, this is really stupid. Yeah. You've, you've taken the little time that you have here on Earth, this vapor in the wind that we all are, and you said, I could pour myself into honest, heartfelt evangelism, or I could turn and I could be so hyper-focused on this stuff that I'm now cutting down brothers and their ministries to new believers. Uh, where's the value? Where's the? It's a hobby. That's yeah. a hobby, dude. That's mm-hmm. a that's that's like Dungeons and Dragons. That's a good way to put it. This right? Talking of hobby. Yeah. Yeah. So so you've got. I don't play Dungeons and Dragons. You do because yeah. I'm godly and you're definitely not. I grew up during the Satanic Panic. Absolute Satanist. Yeah. <laughs> but like you learn how the different the rules of the game. The different characters, the different spells, the different whatever. Mm-hmm. You learn all the stuff, and then you can operate within it. Yeah. Is that not exactly what we're doing? And, and, the, and the more into it you are, the more of the, like, additional, uh, optional, stuff. like, right. documents and things you've read and understand. It, it's it, Or, like, even take somebody who's really into sports. Hmm. I'm not. You're not. You're in the MMA. I'm, I'm not into football or anything. I, I'm into the Lansing Lugnuts, our high A uh, baseball team, and that's all. Yeah. Uh, but, like... No judgment on someone who's super into sports, 
but if you really, really know every stat and you know, and you've done the fantasy teams and you've done all these things, you know that at the heart of it, this is America's pastime, hmm. passing time, not redeeming time. Right. <laughs> and, and so if you're treating Christianity like that, it becomes a pastime. Hmm. And you're going to pass all your time, and at the end, you're going to look back and go, "What have I done?" Very clever, what you just did there. I didn't. I, it happened as I was saying it. Wow! These, you just watched the sausage get made, dude. I'm so happy you're my pastor. Listen to how talkative I am. How often <laughs> I'm so happy you're my pastor. Oh, Look how clever buddy. you are. You know, you, you're, you're being halfway joking, but like I am make not. You cry. I am not. There much. Thank you. Thank you for that. And I think you make a great point here too. That that there's going to be division. Absolutely. If once it once it becomes all about talk. What sport is there in it except to start creating more and more sects and divisions and things? Mm. And uh, in Romans 16, 17 to 18, that's that's a, a text given here when Christian says that unless God intervenes, this guy is going to lead many more to ruin. He's going to shipwreck people's faith. And he has already, by his wicked lifestyle, caused many to stumble and fall. Mm. Uh, he points to the, the final instructions here at the end of Romans. Uh, Romans 16, 17, and 18. I appeal to you, brothers, to watch out for those who cause divisions and create obstacles contrary to the doctrine that you have been taught. Avoid them. And again, avoid them. Hmm. So I think Christian and faithful, yeah, I, I, I'm coming around. They they are right to just avoid this guy and, and shake him loose. Uh, for such persons do not serve our Lord Christ, but their own appetites. And by smooth talk and flattery, they deceive the hearts of the naive. Yeah. And then, of course, coming to, you know, we've said this is all very much the, the heart of James. We're in danger now of becoming very repetitive. Let's just look at two more footnotes. I think the main one is a text that you're going to read right now. Uh, James uh, from chapter 1 and one verse from chapter 2. Uh, this is when Christian says that hearing and doing are two things indeed, as diverse as are the soul and the body. For as the body without the soul is but a dead carcass, so saying that excludes doing is but a dead carcass as well. So James 1, 22-25 says, But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intensely at his natural face in a mirror. For he looks at himself and goes away and at once forgets what he was like. But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. And James 2, 26 for as the body apart from the spirit is dead, so also faith apart from works is dead. Mm. And you know that law of liberty. Yeah. Uh, and, and the law, you know, the, the law of Christ, the idea of the law of love, uh, that for those who are set free, it is not this thing crushing us, this heavy yoke. Rather, to do is what does it for us, mm. right? Yeah. Uh, and, and we're going we're gonna to want to do it. We're going to keep on doing it. Yeah. This is what he means when he says... The soul of true religion is the practical part. That's yeah. what Christian says. The soul of it. Mm. And if it's not practical, it's just ethereal. Yeah, what, what good is it? I think one thing uh, that I really liked and one place where it was very important for me to update some language, uh, and, and we'll close with this, uh, is that he, he, he takes umbrage with the idea that the first real mark of God's grace in someone's heart is that they cry out against their sin. Hmm. Crying out being something you can just do with your mouth. Yeah. Uh, and evangelist in, in our telling and, and faithful in the, the original says, no, 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 you should abhor. The heart should abhor its sin. And he's like, what's the difference? You're crying out, you're abhorring. And, and there are many examples given. You know, there are a lot of people who just practically will go on and on about a particular sin and then on Sunday morning and they go home and do it. Even preachers who, you know, mm -hmm. they get caught in the very sin that they're reeled against the most. 
maybe that was part of it. You know, they yeah. were railing against it as a defense mechanism or uh, guilt or whatever. But then he says, this to me is, is, it was so poignant. He saw a woman whose, whose daughter was almost ran into the river and she like caught her. Yeah. And you've had that happen. I've had that happen. I'm sure yeah. every parent's had a moment where a kid, the first time and one of the only times I ever spanked my kid hmm. uh, was when he started running toward a car in yeah. a parking lot. Yeah. And I, I parked at that same parking lot to go to my favorite Mexican restaurant, Acapulco, the other day and still thought of it. It yeah. was that seared into because the car was coming and he was running and I caught him and picked him up and I yelled at him and I was so mad. I wasn't I shouldn't have spanked him in anger. Hmm. Shouldn't have yelled at him. I was just so upset. And he says, I saw this woman who did that, and she yelled at her. In the original, here's where the, the change is good. Yeah. Uh, she calleth her slut. Yeah. Um, obviously, that word changed meaning, uh, unless this is a really kind of trashy lady that's, that's really yeah. letting her get have it. No, but she yelled at her. She, uh, she, she oh. says, you're a naughty girl. You're bad, bad. You did this. And then she begins to kiss her and yeah. cry because the emotions catch up with her. And what's really happening is she's she's horrified by what almost happened and mm. she loves this girl so much. Yeah. And in the same way, you know, we can cry out against our sins and call mm. them awful and call them all sorts of nasty things and then at the end of the day, hug them and kiss them and say, oh no, actually, I, I do love you. And, and, yeah. and that happens an awful lot and we have to be on guard against that. And talkative's not. Mm. We're never really told what talkative's wicked life entails. Mm. Christian says, by his wicked life, many have stumbled and fallen, but we don't know what it is. And it doesn't really matter. It's just that it's not changed. It doesn't match his talk. And therefore, his life by comparison is wicked. And of course, all of us sin, go on sinning. But when our lives involve repentance, mm. forgiveness, and sanctification, that becomes the model that matches our talk. Yeah. That God's making a new thing of us. And, um, you know, nobody's perfect here. Christian and faithful themselves probably fall into this trap of being talkative from time to time. You know what? Let's move on from talkative and just real briefly talk about uh, evangelist uh, kind of laying some hard truths on uh, these guys. I, I left out the idea of him being a prophet hmm. um, and saying for certain one or both of you will die because oh, yeah. I didn't know how that fit into the allegory. I don't believe that uh, the ordinary worship in this uh, dissenting church that was pastored by John Bunyan included words of prophecy and things, but maybe, sure. I guess I'd like to check with some people. Um, but, but, uh, I, I just had him say, now. it's likely, yeah. it's likely that one or both of you will die. I've been there. They cast me out. So he, he didn't die, but you know, it, it's not a, it's a dangerous place and you're yeah. going to have to be ready to actually be faithful unto death. And he will give you the crown of life. Hmm. Uh, and that's what I uh, named the chapter after, because that kind of, goes as a, a thread through the whole thing. There's a crown of life incorruptible that we can gain by truly overcoming to the end. Yes. And then there's that little laurel reef that just kind of withers and fades and disappears that you you probably get awarded every time you win a theological debate <laughs> with no real point to it. Right. Evangelist is, is stoked to see these guys together. Mm -hmm. He's happy they found each other. He's happy that they're praising God. Um, I thought this was uh, a beautiful moment, you know, they're, they're finally all together. They're happy to see him. And then, uh, he doesn't spend much time in happiness with them before he starts getting pretty grim because yeah. there's not much time. There are fast approaching about to be on it. the town of vanity. Uh, and some of these texts, we're not going to look at all of them, but, but they are taken a little out of context because some of them are things the Holy Spirit said specifically to 
St. Paul, yeah. and then they're applied to everyone. You know that imprisonment and affliction uh, you know, awaits you in every town and great tribulations uh, and things. But the, the very notion that you must enter the kingdom of God through many tribulations is certainly a, a biblical idea. There in Acts 14, 22, uh, Paul's strengthening the souls of the disciples, encouraging them to continue in the faith and saying that through many tribulations, we must enter the kingdom of God. I think you could apply that to mm-hmm. all disciples. And then there's the call to you know setting your face like a flint and being ready to go in and, and not turn to the right or to the left. All of this stuff. I mean, you're you're about to start teaching through Joshua, so this is language that yeah. that you're you know really steeped in right now, mm-hmm. and it's all really important stuff. Uh, and I think why don't we leave it there and we'll pick up with maybe a bit of this warning and entering into the the town of Vanity and into Vanity Fair next time. So in the meantime. Talk about Jesus? Absolutely. Talk about the the gospel and the the beautiful doctrines of the faith while you walk down the road. Talk about it with your kids and you get up and when you walk along the street. Talk about these things with your wife or your husband while you're getting ready for bed. Just, yes, certainly. But don't let it be empty talk. Do not be a hearer or a speaker of the word only, but a doer of the word Because the kingdom does not consist of words alone, but of power. And if you have fallen into that trap of of it's just the word or it's just your duty, pray to God for power, for the power, to experience the power. He will never leave you or forsake you. He will walk with you and he will help you stay on the narrow road. Thanks for listening. To support this program and for additional content and perks, visit patreon.com slash pilgrimsprogress. Make sure you don't miss a beat by subscribing wherever you get your podcasts, and please take a moment to leave us an honest review. This recording, copyright 2022, high and silver, all rights reserved. Produced by Brad Atchison and Zachary Bartles. Theme music licensed from pond5.com. Scripture quotations are from the ESV Bible, the Holy Bible English Standard Version, copyright 2001 by Crossway a publishing ministry of good news publishers, used by permission, all rights reserved. For more audio experiences of my fiction, visit www.zacharybartles.com audio. Hi, and silver. Good. <laughs>